Hey there, and welcome back. If you're new here, I'm Diana Bruin, an expert in PKD, nutrition, and all things kidney health. On the PKD Dietitian Podcast, we look at the science and research around PKD. I really like to break it down in easy to understand ways for you. And of course, we dig into nutrition and PKD, and I answer questions that you have, perhaps ones you didn't even know that you have, and those I often get from clients and medical professionals too. Along the way, I'm going to introduce you to researchers and PKD warriors and highlight the power of advocacy, awareness, and community. Now let's get today's episode in which I'm highlighting the three labs I want you to ask for at least annually. labs drawn for PKD depends on several things. It depends on what your kidney function is, that's your GFR, any other diagnosis or factors in your life that require more frequent monitoring, and even the medications you are taking. For example, Tolvaptin and Genarcu. Your nephrologist should have you on a lab draw schedule. Normal patterns are yearly labs, labs every six months, perhaps every three months, and sometimes it's monthly. Generally, the lower your kidney function is, the more frequently your nephrologist will, or at least should, have you get labs. This is just to have tighter monitoring around what's going on and to help prevent complications. Today, I am talking about three labs I want you to get or ask for at your annual lab draw. To get these checked at least yearly. Know this, some of you might need them checked more frequently. These are three lab areas that I find PKDers would benefit from checking earlier than it is recommended for someone who has CKD. Now, these are in addition to your normal annual lab checks that look at your kidney function, that look at your urine, and your blood anemia markers. It is my belief and practice that they need to be looked at and checked earlier with PKD and monitored at least yearly. These recommendations are based on what I have seen and the trends I have found working with PKDers like yourself over the past several years. And as you know, I am all about proactive care and nutrition for PKD. The three labs are vitamin D, PTH, and uric acid. Now don't worry, I will get into a bit more about why you should be asking for each lab. The ultimate goal of checking, tracking, and trending these labs is to get a baseline level first off, but also to identify if you need to correct any imbalances or issues and to track and trend them yearly. This way, you are ahead of the game. These labs will help determine if you need interventions or any dietary changes, and it will do it early. This is proactive PKD care in action. Let's start with vitamin D. Vitamin D is pretty hard to get from our diet, and there's really only a few foods that are decent sources, and you'd have to eat them almost every single day. Most folks have low levels, and vitamin D is important for your bone health in addition to many other functions in the body, it's a cofactor or plays a part. So you definitely do not want to be on the low or deficient end. When it comes to your kidneys, 
your kidneys take vitamin D and activate it into a hormone that's needed to maintain healthy bone balance. According to the guidelines for CKD, because those are the ones also used for PKD, the recommendation for checking vitamin D levels when it comes to kidney disease is to start when someone's function dips below 60. At this point, you're supposed to get a baseline level. That baseline level will determine how often your vitamin D levels should be monitored. This is pretty subjective when it comes to recommendations, if you ask me. And I quote, vitamin D should be assessed and monitored every 6 to 12 months. Even though this is the minimum recommendation for testing vitamin D levels, I don't even see this being done often or at all within the PKD community. I would like to see each PKDer have their vitamin D monitored yearly as an adult because levels below the optimal range, which are very different than the reference range on your lab report, and even deficiencies are generally easy to fix and you want to catch them early. Left alone or ignored, there are not so fun consequences when it comes to vitamin D deficiency or low levels. Those consequences are osteoporosis, bone issues, and other ones. I have worked with too many folks who are young, guys, I'm talking in their 40s and 50s, who have decent GFRs, but they have bone health issues because their vitamin D wasn't addressed early or really ever. We know kidney damage happens in PKD because of the cyst growth. And that damage happens before any decline in kidney function, any decline in that GFR shows up. It's not a great plan to only check certain labs if and when your GFR dips. At this point, most folks are playing catch-up when it comes to imbalances or deficiencies, especially with vitamin D. Now, if you want to do a deeper dive into vitamin D and PKD, I linked out two resources in the show notes for you. The first is episode 17, titled Vitamin D and PKD, How to Supplement Safely. The second is a blog, which is the ultimate guide to vitamin D and polycystic kidney disease. Make sure to check those out. In my experience, most PKDers need some help meeting their optimal vitamin D levels. Did you notice I said optimal? Let me explain why. Often the range listed on your labs is just that, a range. And where you need to be to prevent complications associated with deficiency. There are optimal goals for your kidney health, along with all the other functions in your body that rely on vitamin D. And when I'm working with PKDers, our goals are for having those optimal levels, the ones that come with perks and provide kidney protective and beneficial measures. From 30-year-olds to 70-year-olds, I am seeing lots of vitamin D deficiencies and suboptimal levels. It doesn't matter how young or old you are, it's a problem within the PKD community. You will not know where you stand with vitamin D until you get it tested. Plus, that test will be your guide to help see if you need a supplement and how much is a good amount. With PKD bone health, vitamin D status and monitoring should be part of a proactive nutrition plan. 
in my humble opinion, this needs to be the best practice and part of PKD's standard of care. The next lab I like to have folks ask for annually is a hormone called parathyroid hormone, or PTH for short. You will see it on your lab report listed both as PTH and intact PTH. These are the same thing. I have clients ask for their PTH to be checked to at least get a baseline level at first when their function is below 80. Baseline levels are important. They allow us to compare any future labs and see the trends. I am finding that this is another kidney-related lab that just isn't getting checked early enough or consistently enough for PKDers. Let's look a little closer at what PTH is. Your PTH hormone, which by the way, has nothing to do with your thyroid, along with your kidney, plays an important role in your body's calcium balance and bone health. If this balance is off, the kidneys will send a signal telling the body that we either need more or less of that PTH hormone. Knowing the why around your labs and being part of your own proactive PKD healthcare is important. I want you to think of PTH as a hormone that always goes looking for calcium. Now with any kidney injury or with lower kidney function, these kidney signals aren't always working the way that they need to be for balance. And when PTH levels are what I like to call juicy, meaning they are running higher than where they should be, it goes looking for that calcium. And calcium gets pulled from your bones and dumped into your bloodstream and sometimes into your urine. And you for sure don't want an excess of calcium in either of these places. And remember, calcium in your bones is good. Higher levels in your blood or urine isn't. Now, this is really oversimplifying the process. It is quite intricate in the body, but you get the general idea how there is a loop between the kidneys and this PTH hormone. If you are looking for a deeper dive into bone health and PKD, there is an entire bonus module on it in the PKD Nutrition Academy. I've linked out more information for how to join or enroll also in the show notes. Now back to PTH. You won't feel if your PTH hormone is high or juicy. If it is, there are interventions to help reduce it. They include dietary interventions, up-leveling with supplements, and yes, sometimes medication is needed. Again, we only have recommendations for CKD around PTH hormone, but that's at least a start. The general recommendation is to start monitoring and check those PTH levels when someone's kidney function, their GFR, is less than 60 to get a baseline level and then to check annually to monitor that level. Of course, there might need to be a follow-up PTH, and that's usually within three to six months, if that original level is too high. This is needed for tighter monitoring and to see how you are responding. You might be surprised to hear this, but I agree with this recommendation. However, and you knew there was a but, in my experience, PTH is just not consistently being checked early or at all for PKDers. 
And because of that, it is one of the three labs I recommend you proactively ask for. I have met and worked with too many folks who are in their 50s and 60s who have PKD and also have osteoporosis or issues with bone health. And I know this sounds familiar with what I said around vitamin D. I find that both their vitamin D and their PTH haven't been tested or monitored consistently because these two, specifically vitamin D, does impact PTH levels. If their levels had been checked or even monitored, any irregularities and imbalances would have been caught early and the opportunity would have been there to correct them. And guys, these are generally easy things to look at, to track and trend, and even to help correct. Because I have clients check their PTH, not only are we getting that baseline and keeping an eye on bone health, because bone disease can be a complication in PKD, but I'm finding many people who are above the range that is safe for their kidney function. We're getting it corrected or addressed early. The last lab that I like to have clients get annually is uric acid. Uric acid can run high in PKD. We aren't sure why, but we do know that it does. Higher levels are associated with increased risk for kidney stones, but they're also associated with kidney damage and with gout. Often high levels in PKD of uric acid there aren't any signs or symptoms. Some folks now, they do have gout flares, and at that point, they get checked. So uric acid is a crystal waste in the body. It's made by the body, but it also comes from the food they eat. So you have some control over how much is being generated. We all have some, but you don't want an amount that is above a normal range. There is no proactive recommendation for testing uric acid with PKD. I generally see it looked at after there is a gout flare-up or suspected gout. I do see nephrologists, though, who are PKD specialists looking at it more frequently and often yearly. But this isn't standardized PKD care, and not everybody has access to a PKD specialist. This is why I have my clients ask for it, first to get a baseline, and then yearly to keep track of their trends. And if their levels are high, we get that red flag signal to look at how we can reduce their uric acid levels and prevent all those extra crystals. Because diet absolutely does impact your uric acid levels. In my experience, it is only after there's a gout flare that someone gets their uric acid tested. However, with my clients in testing and keeping track of it, we have identified undiagnosed gout flares. We've identified high levels and put in place interventions and even addressed reducing the risk of reforming a kidney stone by getting this lab. Nutrition is powerful, folks. And by the way, if you are considering going on Tolvaptin or Genarchio, for sure get your uric acid tested before starting. Taking these medications can cause an increase in your levels. And you want to know where you are 
when you start and if you are at risk for having high levels. There you have it, the three labs that I like to test annually. There you have it. These are the three labs I am most consistently having PKDers request to have tested annually in addition to their normal sets of labs. And those three labs are number one, vitamin D, number two, PTH, the parathyroid hormone, and number three, uric acid. Remember, it's important for you to get a baseline level of each and track and trend them moving forward. If anything comes up as off kilter, you will know, and it will be time to dig deeper on how to fix that. My hope is that you walk away from today's episode feeling more confident in being a part of your healthcare team, but also knowing the three labs to get checked if you don't have them already. Now, before I sign off today, I want to give a shout out to a listener of the podcast who, after a long time, is getting her labs drawn to see where she is at with her kidney health. Now, you know who you are, and I just want to say kudos to you for working through those fears and for stepping up to be an active player in your care. Labs are scary, I get it, but they are also an amazing tool to let you know where things are off and can be better balanced to help support you and direct how you can help your kidneys stay healthy and help them keep rocking and rolling as they should. And until next time, happy eating, folks. 